What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Now we present an encore presentation of Protect Your Assets with David Hollander. It was an important week on Wall Street as the Fed decided to raise rates and the Dow finished the week up uh, 1.65%, S&P up 2.25, oil finished in at $71.35, US 10-year at 3.42, and the euro US dollar at 110. As I said earlier, this was an important week for Wall Street. The market's trying to figure out whether the S&P 500 will see 4600 or 3600 as we get either a hard or a soft landing. So this week in terms of importance, the Fed decision on Wednesday was obviously the most important. Get to that in a minute. Second was the Friday jobs report and the third most important was the ISM manufacturing service index that we talked about a lot last week. So let's start out with the big news for the week, the Fed. So what happened on Wednesday? Well, the Fed met market expectations like we were talking about last week. And this is continuing the dialogue of hike, pause, pivot, and then cut. That's the script that the Fed is unwinding as they work through the inflation that we've seen lately. So as I'm sure you heard, the Fed hiked rates. 25 basis points, and they signaled, I'm going to say clearly, that they're going to pause any further rate hikes. So what that means in plain English is that they're done hiking any more for the remainder of this year. And again, under the script, the next move would be a cut, and that's just a question of when. So what does it mean for markets? Well, positively, that's why we didn't see such a bad week, because The Fed dialogue essentially means that the year-to-date gains that we've seen in the S&P 500 should be better supported because they were driven by the expectation that the Fed would ultimately pause at some point this year, and that's what just occurred. Additionally, we can now stop wondering about what the terminal rate is going to be because essentially we're there at 5.125%. So the next point of speculation that we'll continue to look for is when will the Fed signal their pivot and or cut? Now, markets right now are pricing in that that will happen later this summer. But as some of you are already asking me, well, what does it mean for the future? Good questions. And so what I'm going to say this week is that the Fed decision doesn't mean that we're going to see any sort of material upside or that 4,600 price target I just talked about. Sorry to say too, it doesn't eliminate the chance of a material pullback or that 3,600 number that we were just talking about, because now once again, it's going to get back to economic data. So what does that mean? Well, if the data hints at a soft landing, in other words, moderation in the labor market, stability in the ISM, PMI, retail, durable goods, and continued decline in inflation, 
Then the Fed pause means the soft landing can move the stock market higher like it did when the Fed executed a soft landing in mid-2019. You may remember back then stocks rallied hard into the year end. Now, if the data starts to hint that a hard landing, and this includes additional headwinds from the regional banking crisis that we saw developing last week, or the looming debt ceiling fight, then even with the Fed's pause, stocks could drop sharply. And the reason would be that the Fed would have paused too late. In other words, they, they missed it. And for me to take an extreme example, something I don't think is going to happen, but I'm just trying to be careful. And let's say the Fed were to cut rates in June, something that I don't think is going to happen, but just to make my point, it would still be too late for the Fed to stave off a hard landing because once again, they're just too late to the party. You may remember we started out the year saying that this would be the year of economic data, and that's what's playing out now. So we're going to focus on the important economic data that's going to tell us as early as possible if the economy is heading for a soft landing or a hard landing. And that includes talking about outside events like regional bank stress, debt ceiling, and anything else that comes along, and what our outlook will be for the remainder of 2023. To get this right is going to be tough because right now, as that data starts to unwind, now that the Fed will no longer be applying pressure to the economy via higher rates, it makes the story regarding whether we're growing or slowing down the exact information we need to know about whether the market's going higher or lower. So we really got to pay attention to it. And it's something that we will continue to do and let you know what's going on. All right. So let's look at the second most important data event this past week. It was Friday's job report. Now, this was the report that looked at the entire month of April. And as you may recall, the labor market has remained incredibly resilient, despite the fact that the Fed has been raising rates. So the market's looking for moderation or a slowdown in jobs data to reinforce the expectation that the Fed could cut rates later this year. Well, the good news, it was pretty much close to perfect or Goldilocks, as we call it, as the unemployment number came in at 253,000. Again, I'd like to see that lower, but that was the number. I mean, not a bad number. And the hiring picked up. Unemployment came to 3.4%, which again, I'd rather see closer to 3.6%. In other words, a little bit of an increase. But again, these are not terrible numbers. Average hourly earnings rose 16 cents to $33.36. This was an annual increase of 4.4%, and that comes from nearly a two-year low of 4.2%, the previous low, but once again, not out of expectations, anything over 4.4, and I would be getting concerned. And job gains for February and March were revised downward by 149,000, and this shows that the work the Fed is doing is having an effect on the jobs market. And that's a good thing overall for stocks. All right, so getting back to our important information for the week, the third most important, don't want to say the last, but certainly important, was the uh, April PMI numbers that we just received in this week. Remember, when the PMI numbers drop below 50, that means that things are slowing down. When they're over 50, that means that they're still expanding. So positive, again, positive regarding whether or not we're going to have a hard or soft landing. The April ISM Manufacturing Index met expectations coming in at 47.1. Again, that's under expansion uh, territory, so it's contracting. 
and that does signal weakness in the national manufacturing industry. But it's not so terrible that we're worried about a hard landing. So even though it didn't meaningfully increase from the previous month, remember that was 46.3, the new orders um, were, were pretty good. And this was a leading indicator, which saw a small increase of 45.7 from 44.3, which again is still a weak number, but at least it wasn't worse than the March reading. Now, where the information started to digress a little bit was turning to inflation and prices. So like the data last week, the ISM manufacturing PMI hinted at sticky price pressure, which is why the dollar and the bond yields rallied this past week. Prices rose to 53.2 versus the previous reading of 49.2. And that's not a material increase, but it does represent a move backwards into expansion territory and pushes on the disinflation narrative, also known as hard landing. And this is exactly the type of data that the Fed's going to continue to look at as they decide when they ultimately start to cut rates. In other words, that last little bit there isn't going to really help. All right, so where does that leave us now looking forward with regard to your portfolio? Well, we still prefer defensive, low volatility positioning because our main medium-term fear continues to be that a hard landing is possible and we want to minimize or avoid the fallout from that sort of possibility. Now, this could easily be 10 to 20% drop. So we typically at this point prefer large cap exposure with tactical focuses on high free cash flow companies, defensive sectors, uh, until we start to see the data start to look clearer and show that we really are indeed looking for that soft landing to start to happen. And I just can't call it right now. I just can't say that we're there yet. So continue to uh, maintain the uh, diversification and that should work out to your benefit. Investment advisory services are offered through Liberty Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The strategies mentioned are not suitable for everyone. The information expressed is not considered your specific situation or objectives and may not be appropriate for all investors. Past performance is not indicative of future results. To better understand the risk associated with investing and how it reacts to different market conditions, listeners should always consult with their qualified investment professionals, financial advisors, legal or tax specialists and conduct their due diligence before making any financial decisions or taking any action. The legal information provided on the air is not intended to substitute for callers hiring their lawyers to advise them about personal legal matters. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Liberty Group LLC paid for the following program and the host's views and opinions do not represent those of the station or its ownership. California Life Agent number 048569. Persons engaging the services of one affiliate of Liberty Group LLC companies should be aware that each company is operated separately. You're listening to the Protect Your Assets Radio Network. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand, you're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.